So we had doctors, lawyers, mothers, footballers, first minister, port laureate, we're on the move and I'm telling you the glass ceiling's going, we're coming through. Rise up, rise up, take the stage, play your game, don't be afraid. You're a work of art, or Jones of art, always be proud of who you are. Welcome to episode two of Women Who Sport. Firstly, we want to start with a big thank you for those who listened to our introductory episode. It turns out it wasn't just our mum, so thank you very much. We've had some good feedback from it, so yeah, keep it coming. Um, and again, big thank you to Sharon Martin for letting us use her music. Um, she's got an album launch on the 14th of September, so if you happen to be in Glasgow, get yourselves down there, it should be great. Yeah, we wish that we could go. I know, but we can't because we've got to play rugby. The life we lead. Um, other thank yous go to Virtual Wealth, who are a sport insurance company, who are sponsoring the podcast. If you Google Virtual Wealth, you'll be able to find them, and they do private health insurance, uh, really cheap, especially for people in sport. And final thank you to Badge of Shame Clothing. Our friend Haggis uh, runs a company called Badge of Shame Clothing. She's helped us with the artwork for a podcast, and it's really cool, so it's definitely worth checking out. So, this episode we are joined by two very special guests, Emily Scarrett and Natasha Han, also known as Mo. They have a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games, they've got a fourth place at the Olympics where Skaz captained the team, they've got World Cup gold in 2014 and a World Cup silver in 2017, so we're really excited to have them with us because, yeah, they're pretty good at what they do. Unpack some great stories and I'm sure we will. Yep. Okay, so we'll just kick on bonds with the first question so we'll start from the beginning what got you both into rugby we'll start with Skaz as she's about to speak (laughs) (laughs) mine was um pretty standard I've got an older brother and just went along when he went along um dad took him I just went along um to get out my mum's hair while she was cooking his rice dinner and then one of the coaches asked if I wanted to join in and just ran around as a crazy five-year-old and loved it and then apparently just begged my dad to keep going back which I don't think mum was particularly happy about at the time potentially still not but um, here we are bro mo um yeah so I just tried it all sports when I was little um and my granddad was a big rugby guy and he used to take us down to like his local rugby club and we used to like kick a ball about and stuff like that so started quite young but then only really took it up properly when I was like 17 um because netball was like kind of took over everything um and got a bit bored of it so then yeah she was too short too well, short, yeah. Genuinely too short, so I had to change. Mm. Yeah, even centre court players these days are yeah, like six foot. Yeah, so. it's outrageous. You both mentioned some key people, your dad and your granddad. Who would you say were your main influences in starting rugby or keeping at rugby? Um, obviously my family. Um, they've always been super supportive and obviously starting at five, I you know, they I relied on them a lot in terms of getting around and getting to places and women's rugby as we all know, and especially however many years ago when I was five. Um you had to travel to play so I was hugely reliant on those guys um, but then probably someone like Andy Payton when I was growing up so he was part of the England performance pathway then um, and he used to come into my school when I was doing my GCSEs and A-levels and he was kind of the first guy that really instilled in me kind of 
um, a bit of work ethic and kind of pushed me to really realise if I wanted to make it what that looked like. Yeah, mine would be quite similar. So um, obviously family, like granddad was huge, like dad's granddad. Um, and then when I, my first like proper season playing, I ended up getting into under 20 trials. So then got into there. The end of my first season. <laughs> no, Sorry. like obviously I played a little bit more. She's clearly <laughs> I played a little bit before at Drybrook and stuff. Um, so, and then, were you once upon a time better than Scats? So, I remember the first time we ever met. I don't know don't if Don't start, no! So, the first time we ever met, it was at under 20s trials. So, I played under 19s the year before, and then they changed the age category to under 20s. We were at no, trials. About to throw me under no, this is the God's Honest Truth. Yeah, but you were about to throw Right, me so anyway, the previous season in the 19s, I'd been kicking. So then in this trial, it was like a full-on game, and then um, obviously my team, of which we were both on, had scored a try. So who I scored? I don't remember. Was it you? No, I don't know. Oh, I don't remember <laughs> who scored. Um, so I just kind of, because I'd been part of the squad last season, just kind of sauntered over to the ball to, to go and kick it. And as I did that, Mo came over to me and went, and, and went are you all right kicking? Because I can also kick. <laughs> And that was the first time I'd met her. And I was like, alright, she backs herself. Yeah, like, like, oh, How was I to know? Confident. This is my first year playing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, so you kept each other both humble then, yeah? yeah? yeah. For sure. Before you guys get into the England setup, was it like something that you set out to do? Or was it like, yeah, you got invited to trials and like one thing led to another? Yeah, for me it was definitely that. So I just loved playing rugby, played loads of sports like Mo did. Um, and then probably when I was uh, maybe 14, 15, we got, there were performance camps back then that were held at Loughborough, got invited to those and then got invited to under 19s trials, but I was too young. Um, and at that point, and then obviously the following year, similar thing, went to trials at 16, what have you. Um, but I didn't really, until I reached each level, I didn't realise the level above it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because obviously you couldn't sit down and watch it on TV. There wasn't as much publicity as there is now, etc., etc. So it probably wasn't until I was part of the under 19 setup that I really realised it was there and realised it was probably an aspiration that I could have. Yeah, I think mine was, um, again, like similar, like played loads of sports. And then um, I stood in my grandma's kitchen when I was like 12 or something, was like, I want to play for England one day. But at that point, like, wasn't sure what sport, not being arrogant or anything like that. Before she backs herself. She just like, really? yeah. <laughs> But like it was always an aspiration that I wanted to represent my country at something um, and then obviously when I went back across to rugby and got picked up into like regional setups and all of that sort of stuff then obviously it just kind of fell into place. Yeah I think it's a sport where there's a huge pathway there for girls that even if they join late it definitely doesn't stop you progressing yeah. whereas like other sports like I feel like swimming and stuff you would You'll have be to like st- yeah. nine years old. Yeah. yeah you'd have to start a lot younger. On that, if you were to give advice to your younger self or future international players, what would you say to them? What would be your top bit of advice? I think for me it would be like, obviously you don't get anywhere without putting in the graft. Like obviously you've got to work hard, like you've got to do everything you can to get to that point. But again, like you have to have balance with it because I think all too often people that want to go and like, they have this aspiration that like that's their sole thing in life and it's just it's really not healthy because if you do or you don't get it or you get there and then it doesn't work out for whatever reason then everything falls apart around you so I think for me the the biggest key is like balance with whatever you do yeah very similar I think sport is 
as we all know, um, like a crazy world, you'll have amazing highs and amazing lows. I think for me, just knowing that I've done everything I can, that I can look back and have no regrets, whatever happens in terms of the result will happen because it is sport. Um, and I think probably been on the end of some losses that probably hit me harder than I ever thought they would because I probably hadn't necessarily realised that yet. Something that people did ask on Instagram was if you could go back and change one moment in a game, well, what devil. would it be? Oh, Mo's got a good one here. 2017 World Cup final. Literally, Lydia just scored like the most incredible try. I still blame myself for losing that game, basically. But Lydia had scored like the most incredible try, like where she like absolutely does about three people, goes around Porsche Whitman in the corner, and that's we take the lead again for the first time. And then catch kickoff, and basically, like I'm like half a meter outside the 22. I still don't think I was, but ref said I was. Um, yeah, but kicked nine. it, kicked it straight out, and then they went and scored from that point, like from the line out. They yeah. ended up scoring, and then I got subbed, and it was literally like awful because then I couldn't do anything. Like, and we never rega- regained the lead after that. So I changed that kick. Yeah, definitely. What would you done and said just taking it in? No, probably kicked it sooner, or, or kicked it in and kept it in the bitch, or hit somebody else, I don't know. So many possibilities, I'm <coughs> kick it straight out and give them a line-up. Not to make you dwell on it too much. <laughs> no. But the other thing on that is that obviously that's like one moment, and you don't lose, win or lose a game in one moment. There's so many other things that yeah. happen. They were already they already had 30-odd points on the scoreboard, and that hasn't happened do you know what I mean? Like that was you weren't the cause yeah. of that as well. It's, no, it's just the turning. I think it's really easy to put everything on yourself, isn't it, in one moment? But most just being ridiculous. We've also got counselling on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Scares my life. <laughs> <life's laughs> in house agony. And she is good counselling. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scars, what would be your moment? I don't know if it's a moment, but I would love to play our um, bronze medal game in the Olympics again. Oh, okay. Was there? Do you think there was a key turning point of in that game that you lost it, or I think it's just um, <laughs> I think sevens is one of the most fickle games I've ever played, um, and we just never had control of that game, and all of a sudden fourteen minutes has gone, and like your dreams over type thing. But um, there were a lot of things that happened in that game that I think I got simbined. Was that that game? Was that the semi? Not sure. No, it wasn't the semi because semi was Katie and. Yeah, there's just a lot of things that I'd, I'd just love to do it again. Just yeah. to, I don't know, feel better about myself, I think. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Not even necessarily to win a bronze medal, but just to know that you've kind of proper given it some welly. Yeah. Whereas we came off it and we were like, oh, I Given it some welly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's difficult after a game, I feel like it is, it's so easy to remember the things that went wrong yeah. and the things that you did wrong and not necessarily like all the other things that you did right. Um, how do you think the game has changed over time? So you started obviously like a, a way few back years ago when photos were black and white. <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, and obviously now there are so many like good structures in place, and younger aspiring players coming through have got role models to look up for, up to, such as yourselves. Um, and there is that clear pathway. How has it changed for you? I think the, one of the biggest things for me was so when I stopped playing with the boys at age twelve. Um, you obviously went in and found a girls team that girls team for me was an under 18s team um, so there was no kind of so I was 12 years old playing against 18 year olds which obviously at that stage of life is quite a big difference mm-hmm. um, so now you've got under 15s you've got under 13s and you've actually got the spread of clubs throughout the country is unbelievable um, in terms of the amount that are now there 
Um, again, when I was playing, you'd have to travel probably minimum an hour every week just to find a game, or you'd have to join up with two, three other clubs in order to do that. So the um, amount of clubs, the amount of girls playing, and the kind of the opportunities that are available are way better now than they were. Yeah, I think for me, like even just in the short time that I have been playing, short time, ten years, whatever, like the pace of the game is like um, has massively increased. Like the speed at which everyone moves, like the skill set of everyone that's involved in it, like it's just it just keeps getting better, which is pretty pretty amazing to see. I think the skill set as well of players coming through has changed yeah. so much. Like mm. kids come through now and they're like they can kick 17, 18 You're yeah. so hung up on kick kicking. Pass and do, <laughs> do everything. If you didn't pick up from the last podcast, I would just love to kick. <laughs> you could kick them, people would just shelter you. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> Get told off by coaches. But here, that drop kick's coming along well. So we did do a little bit of research for this podcast. So since 2013, there's been a 60% increase in participation levels globally. And in England specifically, there's twice as many women playing rugby as in 2014. So that's in five years, the uh, like, number of people playing has doubled, which is like absolutely crazy. So yeah, having you guys haven't played on this 7th circuit and the 15th circuit, do you have, like how do they compare, do you have a preference? I think obviously for us, we um, both got the decision at Christmas to essentially pick one, didn't we? We were part of the 7th programme, 15th contracts came out, blah blah blah. So I think for me, I chose to come back because many reasons, but essentially I prefer playing 15s. Yeah. Um, loved my time at 7s. Loved training at 7s, but fundamentally I just didn't enjoy playing it as much as I do 15s. And obviously, like we do this because we love it, and, and that was obviously a huge part of my decision. Um, but in terms of like the game, I think 7s has got huge potential to um, throw our game to, to the whole world. You know, not everyone in the world plays rugby. The fact that it's now in the Olympics is amazing. Obviously, you only need well you need half as many people to play the game as you do in 15s and, and things like that so I think in terms of its ability to, to reach more people and, and grow our game I think it's going to be an awesome tool. Yeah it's a great spectacle isn't it like watching sevens I think especially if you don't know rugby it's quite difficult yeah it's so um, it's really difficult to follow like with all the rules and stuff like that whereas sevens version of the game is like much more free-flowing and people kind of get into that a lot sevens more. Sevens got different rules is it? No, but you can like play your rules a bit better. Cut that. <laughs> but you've also got your scrums and your line yeah, a bit like. But it's all people. like condensed, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Like balls in and out of play a lot quicker. Um, skill sets are arguably higher because there's more space to move with. So like you see the the good stuff better. So like the big tackles are more obvious. Like the footwork is more obvious. The speed is more obvious. DHL. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I think both are like great, great games. Like it was a really, for me personally, it was a really, really hard decision because I really love both versions. Um, love playing both. Like I, the competition for sevens is like amazing. Like you go and you like are in the same hotel as the people you compete against, and then you're out on the field, and and then you walk off, and you could be in the same change room as the same people as those players that you've just competed against, stuff like that. And I just think it's a really special sport but at the same time like I wasn't done with 15s and like I really wanted to give it my best shot so. Did you enjoy going back to sevens the amount of travel that was involved? Um, yeah it's, it's different I think it obviously helps and makes life a hell of a lot easier when it's your job um, so like travelling was part of it I can't say it's my favourite thing I hate planes I'm too big for them I always end up standing <laughs> at the back I don't really like watching films so um yeah, it wasn't, it's not, and, or aeroplane food's awful as well, but once you get there, it's amazing to see, obviously, you know, essentially, um, the world. 
Did you think about the Olympics when you had to make the decision to come back to 15s or series 7s? Yeah, so again, for me, and people will disagree with this, but I chose based on the fact that the World Cup was more important to me than the Olympics. Yeah. And obviously people will have their own opinions on that, but um, just like throughout my career, it's always been about um, 15s and that being like the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have so much respect for obviously the Olympic Games and stuff and, and going to Rio was one of the most ridiculous experiences I've ever had but um, yeah I, for me the World Cup is just I want to win it again I guess the way that the last World Cup ended with that match against New Zealand which was like so tight all the way through that would be a like sad end to your 15s career yeah um, and I, I, as I said earlier obviously you, it's, you can't look at things like that but um, yeah I, similar to my I, I wasn't done with 15s I wanted to give that World Cup a proper shot and I didn't feel like I'd be doing myself justice justice if I did a, an Olympic cycle whatever that looked like and then give myself a year to get back into it I wanted yeah. to give myself three years to to know again that whatever happens I'd have no regrets on that on like the rugby journey you've been on so far is there like a significant obstacle uh, along the way that you look look back and think that that could have been a turning point the ones for me are probably when I was growing up um being one of the only girls playing yeah. in, in um, the side or in my school or in my friendship group or whatever, obviously they were going off and doing other things and I was going to play rugby and that was, um, I suppose, a, a difficult thing to manage in terms of what I'd rather do and my social life and that sort of stuff and, and then also potentially picking between different social sports. Life. Yeah, believe it or not. If <laughs> um, I pick rugby, so that's potentially why. Um, and then yeah just different sports so I, play, I played a lot of sports and obviously you get to a point where I was playing pretty much three or four every week and then they start to clash and da 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 so I had to pick um, but it was probably so, never a, that hard a decision in the end but Scuzz had a scholarship to go out to America so that was a big that could have changed it couldn't it was that for basketball yeah yeah um, what was the defining point <laughs> Defining point? What would you say? What was the defining moment? Moment that made you say no, I'm doing rugby. I think I probably never took it that seriously. So my basketball club, we'd been on tour to America, of which and played in tournaments and stuff, of which there were scouts for obviously the American kids, um, and then just received this thing through the post, like a booklet and a letter and stuff. And I think I was like 16. I was just about to go back and do my A levels. Mm-hmm. Obviously rugby was going well. I don't think I really ever considered it that seriously. Um, that it was probably that bigger option and also I like moving to America at 16 is quite a big deal yeah it's a big move big move Um, in terms of goal setting we've had a question come through on Instagram um, about like how you goal set and things but we've been speaking about 7s and 15s would you goal set differently in terms of like your tactical and technical aspects of the game how would that differ between your 7s and your 15s I think it's like quite pers- it's quite a personal thing goal setting. So especially the way we do it is through England. Like you don't have to do it obviously with your club. You can do it personally yourself. But the way we do it through England is like um, can't yeah. wait for that. <laughs> is, it, is it quite sensitive? Um, yeah. So it's quite a person goal setting is quite personal. Like the way we do it with England um, is just it's quite individual so we'll sit in a room with our coaches with our physios with ISNCs that sort of thing and we'll just go over what we need to do to be the best version of us I think for me like team team wise I, I always find it really hard to like 
set goals for sevens because it's as I said earlier it's flipping it's a crazy it's game mad, yeah. anyone could beat anyone on the day yeah da, 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 da. so I think I personally found it really difficult to put a lot on I don't know winning a tournament or get, yeah. coming over the medal or whatever that might look like um, whereas 15s for me is obviously you still get upsets and stuff but generally it's a bit more stable yeah so setting a goal to me would be more realistic in 15s yeah. if that even makes sense but the personal side of it is like it just is what it is so like you obviously set your goals there you go you set your goals for like what you need to do to improve and that's like generic throughout everything so that could be for example like making 90 percent of your tackles yeah in a game yeah, yeah, yeah and then what you work on to actually improve that to make that's sure that's most 100 percent yeah 90 that's low 100 percent pass accuracy no that's not possible <laughs> So you guys obviously just back from the summer season in San Diego this year where the top five women's teams in the world got together to play. So that was England, New Zealand, Canada, France and... USA! <laughs> Smashed it. Nailed it. So in that summer series of the four games, you won your first three games. Although not necessarily comfortably, like Canada came down to the end and I feel like another one was close. France. France. Basically Skaz won France for us. With a kick, hell of a kick. Oh yeah. Yeah, and caught a high foot um, crossfield over the line, dotted it down. Oh, Where is she? Is your question? Is your question? You don't want to take credit. No, honestly, she was. She's like, it's definitely second half. Team thing. Second, second half. Skaz was fighting everyone. Because you came. That was the France game, yeah. That's France. You game. came back from a. Uh, yeah. So uh, like, what? What you didn't what see was, on the. You came back from a. Uh, deficit yeah right. you were chasing it yeah you were chasing the game and um, what people didn't see obviously watching it at home uh, there was a massive quite a big wind literally straight up and down the ground so first half we didn't kick much at all and, and jesse was flipping bombing it 80 meters and we were quite pinned whereas second half we had the wind and then we were able to do that so it was a game of two halves um and yeah luckily we were able to claw it back a bit we had a bit of a word with ourselves at half time yeah girls put a shift in didn't yeah and then the New Zealand game that you guys lost, it was like, when did they score their last try? Like Scored like two or three in the last yeah. 15 minutes or something, yeah. Like what, what do you guys think about that loss in terms of the World Series, but also like the wider journey towards the World Cup? I think it's one of the best things that can happen to us. So yeah. when we went to 2014 World Cup, we lost the Six Nations to France just before. And before that, we'd played New Zealand in the autumns, like absolutely smashed it. I think we won three from three against them was it three from three or we drew one one two type thing so we were like oh we're in a great place uh, went into six nations and it was just like a bit of a, an awakening like we're not quite there yet and then like that made us really focus in like graft and everything it kind of built us i think towards the 2014 world cup whereas in contrast when we went to 2017 went out to new zealand we beat them in, in their like backyard as they all say um and we were like yeah exactly we're full of cliches today i do apologize um i don't know you said like some secret competition going on yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm winning um yeah so we got out there and um obviously like the girls were absolutely buzzing rightly so because some of them have never done that before um but we came back and it was almost like that was almost our downfall that's how i look back on it now mm -hmm. it's almost like our downfall so i think sometimes to have a bit of a a goal of like where you want to aspire to be in a bit of a check and this is where we're at like this is what we need to do is like kind of good because it's always easier to look at losses than it is to look at how you win 
if that yeah. makes sense like it's always easier to analyse like where you went wrong rather than where you went right that's just how we're all wired yeah I think <clears throat> for our squad like we've got a mi- bit of a mixture you've got some relatively really old. old hats <laughs> um, and then some youngsters who have never played the North American size they've never played New Zealand before so I think a lot of us took that for granted they've never been away on a big tour before so actually gaining all that kind of experience and playing against like the Kiwis who've been playing rugby since they could literally walk I think that was a really good lesson for a lot of those guys as well yeah. that I know uh, yeah I think like you said like that three week three weeks away was a long time for a lot of the girls like like you said a lot of them have never been away for that long obviously with the time difference and stuff like that so it was it was just like a really good learning tool for all of us um, and then it's just I guess how we go on from there bosh I'm on four. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on tour, what sorts of things do you do in your downtime to switch off? This tour, we bought Nerf guns. They were so good. <laughs> <laughs> your stories were class, to be fair. There was like a group of about, oh, I ended up about 12 of us, I think, that had these Nerf guns. And there was like a laundrette place where they had like, or basically we just created our own like Battle. Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. Like 007 style. It was so good. A few um, of us were sat one evening just. <laughs> Like catching up on Netflix or watching so something. You're watching Love Island. Oh, you're watching Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, um, just like really peacefully in our room, and then all of a sudden, it was like the children had just charged in with these this ammo belts and like guns and stuff, and just like firing these foam things. At our right, heads. we didn't because you didn't open the door. They literally like locked us out. We were like ringing the doorbell for ages, and just they were like staring at us through the window, like not impressed at all. Do you want to buy one? Amazon <laughs> <laughs> <was in> Prime. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, this one was really good actually, and then um, we played cricket some nights. Yeah. Uh, quite a lot of cards, like Monopoly deals, stuff like that. Um, Mo took her decks. Took my decks. Oh yeah. So for the listeners that don't know, uh, Mo is notoriously known to be a in-house DJ. DJ M dot O. Yeah, that's mm. my DJ name. <laughs> Nice little plug there. Go on. <laughs> no, we're not there yet. We're not the finished article yet, but you know. <laughs> One day. We can all aim. <laughs> You're going to do like a Haskell and go into... Do you know what? The worst he got is, right? We all talk. We had like a new team doctor and he was like, oh yeah, like I, I play a little bit. And he just came and took over and I was like, I'm practicing over here. <laughs> can you can you give me a minute? And he was really good to the nose guide. I didn't go back on them after that. No. Did yeah. you learn some tips though? No, he didn't want to teach, he just wanted to play. Sure, essentially. (laughs) Basically. Right, moving on then to Tyrrells. We're about to start Tyrrells Premiership 15s this September, in a couple of weeks, is the, the, I guess, the curtain raiser. What are your predictions? What do we think? So, just for context, there's three Lightning players... (laughs) And one Gloucester <laughs> player. She clearly backs herself, standard. Mo is evident throughout this podcast, she backs herself. Sweet. What are we thinking? What's our preview on it? Come on. Preview. Genuinely, I think I've never, yeah, be objective. But Gloucester is great. Um, now, I've never been part of a squad that's had such a good vibe so early on. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to it. Like, obviously, I don't know. Like everyone goes out and wants to win, like that's the whole point that we play. Like everyone's competitive. Um, oh my god, can you stop? <laughs> no, <laughs> no one goes out on the, on the field wanting oh to lose. Oh my god, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I've what? lost my head. Start again. No, you go. You go. 
But your prediction is then that Gloucester's going to win the league. Mm. Is that yeah. what we're saying? So, in Gloucester, short. In short. <laughs> in short, Gloucester aiming to win the league. Okay. Vibe is great. Girls are class. Who do you, who do you think is going to be the toughest matches? I think everyone at the minute. Like, <laughs> Sarah's, Sarah's <laughs> quiz, you guys, obviously, like, right up there. Bristol have got, like, eight under-20s that went really well. Yeah. Plus, like, obviously, they've got Burner, Rido, and they've got a few more while she's, like, Kieran Bevan's meant to be going across. Snowy. So like every, I think everyone's squads are just getting better and better, and loads of people are like getting internationals in, and so I, I honestly I just it's wide open, know, wide open. Scazzy, oh, we're <laughs> in the mix. Of course you're in the mix. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be. I, I hope it's going to be really competitive. Obviously, next year looms the whole. <laughs> <laughs> next year looms the whole um, like whatever that word is looms. You got to reapply, or oh, some like teams might tender the process. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'll see what that looks like. But um, yeah, like Quinns have obviously recruited really well, haven't they? Yeah. Saris are always strong. Um, but yeah, just want to get out there and play. I reckon we'll do all right. Mm-hmm. I think You're the, not a we. the two. We're the we. I think that yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> um, I think like the two big names, like you said, have recruited well. Quinns have obviously signed so many people. It's almost like they've got too many people now. Like, they've got so much international talent, like, across the board. They've got Amy and the Alliance. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, they, they, they've recruited well. Yeah. Shut up, all of you. I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll be interested to see, like, the first team sheet saw. And, te- like, these teams... When do you take your yes. oh, I have no idea. We've got Waterloo oh, at first. Just... Which way you wearing your gum shirt, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> but no, but That's like Rona just said, like the Quinns one will be exciting because they are so stacked. It'll be interesting to see what that first 15 looks like. Yeah, 100%. Cut all of that. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> okay, right. Cross my head. It's time for Juicy Cues. Juicy Cues. Okay. So, right, first up on Juicy Cues, what's on your playlist right now? Dance Monkey. Oh, so good. So, so good. June. So <laughs> we left that on tour. Um, I just listened to Mo's playlist. No, Skaz has wet. Skaz like. <laughs> you're <laughs> just saying that because you're embarrassed of what's on your no, playlist. No, genuinely. I don't have any saved songs in my um, Spotify. What? I, I feel like you're quite old school. Yeah, she is Westlife. Yeah. No, I, yeah, but the good 80s. old school as well. 90s. Yeah. Music Naughty. is <laughs> That's it, that's the limit. You've got to give one song. Go on. Well, that I'm listening to you right now? Uh, I don't know. Pick one. Come back to me. Sorry. Music's not really my thing. No. And you said that you don't watch many movies, and the next question is, what are you watching at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> not even a series? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've just Probably started the new um, every documentary. documentary. <laughs> new series of suits. Ooh. A documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got David A's voice on, I'm there. <laughs> He is great. That's actually probably the last thing I watched as well. What? So it's yeah. I haven't watched TV in like three weeks, so... Yeah. Why is that? Renovating my house. Mm. Terrible. <laughs> we don't have to go there. So Mo's a bit of a slave driver and has been <laughs> roping in a lot of people to help her house. Yep. Yeah. You but guys have come. Yep. Still waiting, Rona? <laughs> I'll get there one day. <laughs> it's a long way to cycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite cheat meal? Whoa, what's your favourite oh, cheat meal? Oh, do you know what? The other day we had hot dogs. This hot like hot dog with crispy onions is so good. That would probably be up there. <laughs> what's your favourite cheat meal? Um, pizza. What kind of pizza? Any. 
Like a Pizza Express one, stone baked, flat baked. Yeah, Polar Astra. That's what we used. Skaz and I obviously used to live together. That was our go to. What was yours? The goat's cheese one? Padana. Padana, yeah. Mm. These are like fancy pizza. Romana Padanas. <laughs> so, like, give us some <laughs> toppings. <laughs> so, the Padanas like goat's cheese, spinach, caramelised onions, Ooh. and I always had pepperoni. Yeah, and mine used to be. Um, what is it? The peppers. Chicken, we're all Italian now. Chicken, and then add pepperoni as well. So mm. good. It's good. Okay, what sport would you do if you didn't play rugby? Probably tennis or basketball for me. Maybe golf. Money makers. Yeah. What's your greatest achievement? Casual. <laughs> as a rugby player. Oh no! In life. In life. In life. It doesn't just have to be rugby. <laughs> um. <laughs> Don't know. In rugby, obviously, like winning the World Cup was pretty cool. Yeah. It's very standard. So humble. That would be up there. I think also, like. We would be shown from the rooftops. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I couldn't tell if you were taking the piss out of your Like, obviously, getting to an Olympic Games as well, that was pretty special. Like, that whole process of, like, from getting your kit to, like, walking into the village for the first time, that would be right up there. Mm. Not sure about What about in life? Don't know. Yeah, that was, that. that was a bit deep. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's a really deep GCQ. No advances? No so advances on me. life? No, sorry. Okay, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Either teleportation, get there fast, or flying, or invisibility. Can I have three? One. <laughs> I'd like to read people's minds. But I think you wouldn't. No, I don't think you would. I think teleportation She's definitely. She's so sensitive. She I think, would hate yeah. it. <laughs> Why? She's she badly She says that. Yeah, I think to be a duck. Gold. Why? Don't they make you smile when they waddle? But I can't, no, honestly, right? Scans literally, if she sees a duck walk, she'll like stand and watch it until she can't see it anymore and be like, oh, like, oh. And I also really like eating ducks. And people oh. think you've been it. That'd be weird if I was. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good. Cool animal. Underrated animal. Yeah. Bet she goes safari or something. Go on. No, I'd like her to be a penguin. I just think they're really cool. Like the way again the way they walk, and then how graceful they are in the water, just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, would Something you rather speak all of the languages or play all of the instruments? <clears throat> languages. Languages. Both languages. More so practical. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Just like we, you can never speak a different language. You know what I mean? I've always wanted to, especially when like you go abroad or something. I just mm-hmm. think it's. Bit ignorant, isn't it? And also, everyone assumes you can't, so then you could earwig on them. Yeah, that's because yeah. yeah. the amount of people that must slag us English off. Yeah, yeah. When you're sat next to them, mm. my sister's done that before. She's like sat there. These two French guys were like going in about her and her friend, my sp- and she speaks like fluent French, and then um, she just like went back at them in French, and they were like, because oh, they thought they were just English. That's mm. so cheeky. Mm. Good, good skill. Yeah. Cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> Skaz is trying to perfect the Scottish oh, accent. Oh, that would be a Scottish accent? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just taking the piss off me. I was just going to smile and <laughs> move on. No. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, good. your one-syllable yeah. words are yeah. good. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
but two's too much. Yeah. Okay, what's your star sign? <laughs> we love star signs. I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> me and Skaz bonded over being Aquarius. When I say me and Skaz, that sounds you like bonded. it was a, a mutual decision, but I think I very much forced it up Basically, I knew nothing about Aquarians until you told me that I was one. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and now I'm on board. Yeah, very much on board. She has a lot of Aquarius traits, <laughs> such as well, colourful, <laughs> really nice people. Um, I'm an Aries. What do you know about them? Why are we looking at me? I only know about Aquarius. I don't actually. Yeah, I only know. know about Libra. No, sorry, uh, okay. I don't actually know. I feel like I really should know. In present. Should we look it up? Yeah, yeah, let's look it up. Competitive. Oh, actually says that. Um, you missed out leader. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> picking the ones that are optimistic. Impatient. Excuse me, they're nicer ones than that. Loving, dynamic, impulsive, charming. Dominant. <laughs> Funny. Risky. Sexy. Rebellious. Happy. <laughs> 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 Oh, we're great. So do you think you, that fits you? Aries females will act like gentle feminine creatures, but in fact, they will beat your ass down if need be. I don't think that's mine. Watch From my out. experience. <laughs> okay, final juicy cue yeah, then. No patience. That's a really good one for you. I have patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, go on. Right, final juicy cue. Who's got better chat, Rona or Bonner? I don't know. You'd pick Bonner. Mm. Oh, that's cute. Oh, would you? Oh, that's cute. Oh. <laughs> that's 2-0. Thanks, okay. I'd pick Rona. Out of yourselves, <laughs> then. 2-1. Um, who would you have better chat? More Skaz. It's not you. Go on. <laughs> you know the whole theme of this, like Mo backing herself. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who's listened and a big thanks to Mo and Skaz for coming on the podcast. Uh, to keep up with when our next one is going to be out, if you check out our Instagram, it's Women Who Sport Podcast. Yes. And what are your guys' Instagrams in case anybody didn't know rugby and no one's follow you guys? Oh, Hunty underscore one. You know what H U N T I E. Don't Emily Scarrett? No, it's Scars13. Oh, when she knows! Yeah, we have to tag her, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so thank you very much. You've got their Instagram handles. Give them a follow if you were inspired by their stories and you want to keep track on their 15th progress. Yeah. Bye for now. We have seen Mary Barber's reign army, Jane Haining, righteous among nations. Because we are doctors, lawyers, mothers, footballers, first minister. Bolt laureate, we're on the move And I'm telling you, the glass ceiling's going We're coming through Rise up, eyes up, take the stage Play your game, don't be afraid You're a work of our or Jones of art Always be proud of who you are Girl, gotta hold your head up high Don't let this moment pass you by You can be anything you believe you can be So go and shine and live the truth You can be anything you believe you can be